Testing, testing. Mike check one, two, one, two. Is this thing on? Y'all already know what time it is. And in case you don't, it's time for the most innovative and the most creative show on the planet. It's called the B-Side, goddammit. Y'all already know what it is, man. Season three. Episode 60. Oh, man. And I got the music Maverick in the building with me. So y'all stay tuned, man. We finna run these commercials. Get into this shit after the intro. And let this thing bang. So tell a friend to tell a friend to check their ass in. Because we on. Y'all know how I go on a dirty Thursday. I bring it to y'all like only I can. And like only I will. Let's go. I need y'all to like, comment, and share. Because we finna hit the nail on the head tonight, y'all. That's right. And is this your first time tapping in? We want to say welcome. Don't be a stranger. Because we do this every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. So, if you got good music, if you got good music, then this your show. You know? Shout out to beautiful, lovely Miss C.C. Shaw. I am y'all host, C A dollar sign I N O. And this the best side, the B side. Law number 20 do not commit to anyone. It is the fool who always rushes to pick sides. Do not commit to any side or cause but yourself. By maintaining your independence, you become the master of others playing people against one another, making them pursue you. If you agree or disagree with this law, tell me in the comments. For more daily quotes on the 48 Laws of Power, follow this account. Yeah! Let the hand claps go, baby. Let the hand claps go. If you watching this show, give me a round of applause too. You know what I'm talking about? Don't be bashful. Show a player some love. Look here, man. Y'all already know what time it is. It's your man, C-A dollar sign, I-N-O-R-O-U-L-E-T-T-E. And you have now tapped in to the most innovative and the most creative show on the planet. It's the B-side, goddammit. And I am the host. And I am the creator of this thing right here. You feel me? And look, y'all know how it goes, man. This is a Dirty Thursday. On a Dirty Thursday, I ride solo dolo, but I bring in a friend. And tonight's special guest, look here, man, is none other than the music maverick herself, Miss Nicole Key. What it do? What it do, Nicole? How you doing over there? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? 
Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Hey, listen, we excited to have you here. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, so what I what I like to do is this right here. You know, um, in the beginning, y'all know how I do. I, I I have my hand claps for the simple fact of you know before before anybody give it to me, I got to give it to myself. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know where the applause may come from. But by us having Miss Nicole here tonight, I want to give you a round of applause. You know what I mean? For those that don't know you, they're gonna get to know you. And um, I think the things that you do in this industry is, is, is needed. People like you are far but few. But tonight, we're going to give you your applause. And we're going to present you with your flowers as we go into this in-depth conversation. All right? Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, um, I want to say thank you for taking the time and the opportunity to come over to the best side, the B side, because you could be anywhere else, but you chose to be here. So we want to say thank you for, you know, doing that and walking over here to the B side. So now look, <laughs> let's get this thing cracking. Okay, First of let's all, go. for let's those go. that don't know, <laughs> please, Introduce yourself to our looking and listening audience. Let them know who is Miss Nicole Key. I am Nicole Key. I live in Los Angeles, California. I'm an artist manager and musical music consultant. And what I mainly do is help artists maintain their catalogs and offer opportunity as well as um, make sure that the older legends get their music back and reclaim it with the termination of copyright transfer. Okay. Okay. Because uh, you said a lot in that. So I want to break it down just a little bit and then we're going to explore. Okay. First of all, Miss Nicole Key is tapping in from Los Angeles, California, right? And mm -hmm. being in this industry, she is a artist, music manager. You know what I mean? Like she's a She's a manager, but she also is so much more than that. So um, now you help legacy artists maintain, I mean, well, gain, regain their copyrights and um, all their rights to their music that they once gave away when they first got into the game, right? Yes. Back in like the 1980s, 1970s, a lot of artists didn't know about a publishing a lot of them didn't even know how to read a contract or what the purpose of what they were signing away was what the publishing and all that so after 35 years um congress went ahead and proposed a law that they could reclaim their music back and they could terminate their contracts so okay. the very first claim of title which they signed away 35 years ago no matter who owns it right now it gets terminated and we take it back okay and, now I wanna I, I don't I don't want you to give away too much because I wanna you know I wanna break it down. We wanna slow roll this right here so they can fall in love <laughs> with this conversation. Okay, so as we slow roll this conversation, now most it's 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 been it's been trendy to say uh maintain your ownership. It's been trendy to say stay independent. Okay, let's 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 um get into that trendy conversation because what you do is is 
you 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 really open up the eyes of the artists that don't know this business part of entertainment, right? Right. A lot of these artists, especially the legacy artists, they're unaware of exactly where the revenue is coming from within a song. A lot okay. of artists, even the new artists, are unaware of their income from the song. They just think they put it on distribution platforms and they get paid. There's so much more to that. They're leaving so much money on the table when they do do that. Okay. That's what I want to hear because this is what this show was based upon. You know what I mean? The business part of entertainment. And I get so, I get so discouraged you know, um, when I try to talk to those that feel as if I don't want to know that part. I don't want to know that. I just want to make the music. I just want to create. How detrimental is that to an artist's career who don't want to learn the business? But then it's a hobby. Say it's that again. It's a hobby if you just want to create. If you don't want to make a living from it, then, just, then it's just a hobby. Well, around you here, we say you slipping like a bad transmission. <laughs> well, because if, if you want to make money off of it, a livelihood, then you need another business. Otherwise, it's just a hobby and you're just doing it for pleasure. Come on. And you won't be able to get anyone to assist you in pushing you forward if that's the case. Come on. So, uh, I, thank you, Lord. I am so grateful for this conversation and this meeting, this alignment, this, you know, whatever we are developing as we go. But I'm so grateful for this because um, we get a lot of music, you know what I mean, submitted to the show and things like that. But I advocate that we are not a jukebox because a jukebox, you just, hey, that's the song, you push the button and it started playing. Right here at the beginning of each show, I give them informative information that they can use to help, you know, um, advance their music career. But honestly, in the beginning, the numbers be so lackluster because most people don't want to hear the news. Most people don't want to hear the business part of this music. Now, you being the person that you are, music business contracts are not favorable for the artists. Am I right? Well, it's not that they're not favorable. It's the label will take total advantage of the artist if they don't negotiate. So a lot of artists think that they're doing them a favor when they get these contracts. First off, they have to remember that they came to you and they want your music. So you already have hold the cards. Now it's time to negotiate. Don't just sign it and feel like they did you a favor. If they're coming to you, they want your music, then you have to negotiate. That's right, because most people be willy-nilly and signing blind, you know what I mean? Because they got the Google wise and they feel as if, all right, I'm about to be famous, so uh, let me sign. Without having yeah. any type of inclination that this could be your, you know, could be the worst thing for you if you don't negotiate. Now, my thing of it is this. Now, how can an artist negotiate? What is their leverage? Their music. Like, they're out, if they're given an opportunity, a contract's presented to them, then obviously they have some talent that the label feels that they could profit off of. Absolutely. So depending on the artist's goals and what their purpose is in their music, then that's when the negotiation comes in. So if they want to be um, a famous, someone that's just famous, then they don't even songwrite. 
then they're going to probably just be a puppet in my eyes. They're just going to take you for your looks, your marketing, and then put all that money, your work for hire, pretty much. And anything you do will be owned by them. So if you want to be a puppet, then you could do that. Or if you want to be a musician, an artist, someone that creates instrumental or the lyrics, then you really need to sit down and look at your contract and decide what you're going to be able to offer them at the at the table. Like, for instance, if you write a song and they, it's a hit and they come to the table like, OK, we want to sign you. Well, are they going to take ownership of that song that caught their eye or caught their ear? Mm-hmm. Why? They didn't pay for it. Now oh. we could go into an agreement where we could get um, a profit sharing. I never say ownership, a profit sharing where you could take some profit off of what I own. And then we could go from there. And that could be either the sound recording. But I don't understand why you need my publishing since that's something I wrote. The sound recording, it's what the music, the radio and the streaming and all that does. So that's where you could get some of your profit from. And my publishing, though, what you write is yours. You should never send it off unless they give you a good advancement for it. But at that point, why? Unless you're in dire need. Okay, let's 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 unpack what you just said. Um, Being in dire need, most artists come that way. You know, they in dire need. They just, you know, go for the first thing smoking. Now, what's dire need? Like, like, are they hungry? Like, are they need food? Is that dire need? Or like, what's dire need? Like, well, well, um, a starving artist, pretty much those that don't have, yeah, yeah. Those that don't have, you know, the money, don't have the connections, those that don't have, you know, the leverage, social media presence, things of that nature. So at that point, they will, you know, accept anything and be closed mouth on everything because they don't want to lose that opportunity. Now, I I feel as if that's what most artists, you know, that's how most artists uh, get jerked, you know, because they don't have that clear understanding that I got this, I got that, I got this. So that means I got leverage. But they feel as if the label comes, then this is the now or never, so I, I'm going to be zip lip on whatever. I'm just going to sign the deal and I deal with it later on down the road. Not understanding that later on down the road, <laughs> she may not be able to negotiate that. Okay, so let me let me see. Let me break down the profit of a, of a song. So that way an artist knows exactly what they're giving away. Because if they don't know what they're giving away, then of course they're going to be like, wondering like, oh, I guess it's nothing. They're going to think they're giving away not much, but they're actually giving their generational wealth away. Talk, that, talk. That's what their family, that's their inheritance to their kids. Talk, so talk. they're actually giving that away. So, and, and after, after you write a song, the copyright lifetime is 70 years. So 70 that, years? Come on now. 70 years, yeah. So after that lifetime of copyright, that goes to your grandkids' kids. So for you just to say, assign anywhere then that's crazy that'd be crazy so let me break down the song when you write a song it's the lyrics and the instrumental usually it takes a producer and a songwriter to come together and they create this um, composition which is the dna of the song Mm -hmm. and then they go into the studio and then they make the sound recording of the song which Mm -hmm. is the master so you have the dna which is the music composition and then the sound recording which is a master now, the master is what they put on Spotify and distribution and they stream it. 
And a lot of people think that's the only royalty. But every time that song's being played, there's a mechanical royalty for redistribution, like when you make a new CD and all that. Well, mm -hmm. now it's streaming. So that's a re of a song. So that's um, mechanical royalties that go into the mechanical licensing collective. Mm -hmm. So every time a song is um, streamed on Spotify, it's a recreation of a song. It's another, it's like if someone makes a CD, the label mm -hmm. makes a CD or a, a single, and mm -hmm. someone bought it at the warehouse back in the day. Well, every time a stream is made, that's another re, re, um, creation of that song. So that's a mechanical royalty that goes to the creator of the musical composition, which is the publisher, the songwriter, and the, the producer. Mm -hmm. So that's a royalty you need to collect, as well as the royalty that Spotify pays you for that being played, as well as a person that's performing on that track, but the singer, which also could be the songwriter or the producer, they get another royalty for their PRO. So there's three different organizations that pay you from that one song and you're signing it all the way to that label. So, okay. So let's break that down. Let's, let's do this again. You're saying that once a song is created, okay, let's say you got the writer, you got the producer and they marry together. That becomes a song. Okay. Once they marry together and have that song, they want to put it out. So they, create a child that 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 child goes out oh, and okay okay let's go to that there okay so a man and a woman they create a baby and okay they, make, they create this baby and they each have their dna in the baby okay so now when they go into the studio they go into the hospital and they give birth to this baby to me i mean there's so much that goes into this so when they have this baby right they sign a birth certificate right at the end so that's like your split sheet the birth certificate is your split sheet. So when you go and make this baby you, and you have this baby, you, ha you have a birth certificate. And on this birth certificate, it says the mom and then the dad and their names and whatnot. Well, that's the split sheet you guys should be creating and saying, this is 50% mine, 50% hers. Mm -hmm. or, or producer. So that means that I own 50% and he owns 50%. So that way when the baby is born or the song is mastered and created, no one's saying that's theirs and there's no child support. There's all this, no fighting for this baby. Right, right. Okay. So that way, so the split sheet, making sure that the mom and dad or the songwriter have their business together. Okay. And then they make it. And they create the DNA of this baby. Okay. So that's the musical composition. Are you with me so far? Yes. And then they go into the studio and then they make the master, the sound recording. Now the baby is born. So every time that baby moves and whatnot, that's that's a royalty. And just because that baby's alive and put together, that's a royalty because the DNA is making that baby move. Okay. So every time the baby moves, that's a royalty. And every time um, uh, it does something, the mom and dad get paid out pretty much. The producer and the songwriter get paid out. Okay. And whoever, whoever has custody of that baby the sound recording gets paid too. So now you have to decide who has custody. Okay, so wait a minute, wait a minute. So from what you are saying, that's like one, two, three, four. What's that, five, maybe six ways of getting paid from that one song? Yes. Come on now, listen. You, I, you just said something that I say all the time. It's more than one way to get paid from music. You know, oh. uh, people don't understand the phrase that when a, when a song is played, somebody is getting paid. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's somebody you will hope hope to be you. You know what I mean? Like, instead of giving it to somebody who didn't come up with the concept, who didn't sit down and, you know, sort out those words to come up with that song. You don't want somebody else to profit from your own creativity. So in well, that sense, well, 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 come on. I like a songwriter wants someone to profit. Like I would, if I was a songwriter, I'd be like, okay, here's my song to you. Here's my song to you. Here's my song to you. I'm gonna get paid by all three of you. Okay, now what do you mean by that? Here's my song like, to you. Here's my song, song to you. If I, songwriters are the most paid. Okay, now you're speaking. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're speaking from the perspective of a songwriter, right? Or a producer. Or a producer. Okay. Okay. So this is not just uh, a person who writes for themselves. You're talking about somebody who write music, like a R. Kelly, who can write music oh, yeah. and anybody can fit it. Okay. Exactly. And then they can sing it, and they get paid as a work for hire, or they get a percentage as as a writer on the um, performing arts organization. But as a writer, I get paid, and I get their merchandise with my lyrics on it. I get paid. And See, now, now we're going deep. Now we're going deep. This is for people that that has some type of knowledge of the business. Now, um, let's go from a beginner perspective okay. to intermediate, then professional. So okay, starting okay. from, okay, go I'll ahead. start. I'll start from like my daughter. This is how I got into the industry. Okay, she just likes to sing. She likes to sing. And um, I was like, okay, you want to sing? She didn't sound right. She just wanted to sing. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so let's get you in the studio, do some cover songs. Let's get you some kind of a fan base, get you your style or whatnot, get your marketing, get your social medias up. Let's figure out um, all the fans that, like said, she's like an Adele. She's like a, a, a Demi Lovato kind of singer. Mm-hmm. Let's sing those kind of songs to bring those fans to your, to your, um, platform Mm -hmm. and draw a crowd Mm -hmm. okay so we did that so she she um now in order for her to make money in the industry she needed to learn how to songwrite okay so i yeah because otherwise she's just going to be the puppet now when you say she need to learn how to songwrite you're saying that she need to know how to write her own original music right structure songs exactly Okay, so from that point, let's slow roll this thing. So from that point, after she was singing covers, she started learning how to write her own music, right? Yeah. So you could so go now, that you could go that avenue, but if an artist doesn't want to do that and they just want the fame and be popular and all that stuff, they can go that route where they just want to sing and they'll just take someone else's song and then they sing it and perform it and tour it. Okay. But when you do that, you make very little. Right. That's what I was about to that's what I was about to say. Okay, when you go that route, that is the most travel but the worst route to take. Because exactly. most people just want to I, I just want to sing, you know. Okay, so from that point right there, as she learned how to structure music, um, write songs and all, okay, you go from that point and you say, here, 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 here. You want people to sing your music, like you say, because the more people that sing in your music, the more money you're making, opposed to just having that one income from yourself, right? Like seeds. It's like you're planting, you're sowing, you're like farming. You're putting seeds down, it's growing, so everything is growing. Absolutely. And that person that has your song could be placed in a movie. You right. get paid for that. 
Okay, now that whole oh, oh, that's another that's another step we got <laughs> we got we got to talk about. Okay. Those are seeds. Those are seeds that you're planning when you do when you put your music out like that. Your songwriting and you do it like that. Okay, so that once again, okay. See, it's a lot to unpack when, when when I talk to you because I want my people, my listeners, to understand that uh, she is speaking from a professional perspective. Um, so it's kind of hard to understand what she's saying, but I want to give y'all the, the the nuggets that she is giving, and what she is saying is that in this industry, you have to be uh a jack pretty much of all trades when it comes to understanding this industry because songwriting uh producing performing and things of that nature brings in different incomes it's not just that you should just rely on that spotify check right yes but just do this casino say me you you're an artist and you're going to consult with me so okay. act like you're whatever, like whatever developmental, and I'll tell you how I would handle them if they came to my office and how they would, they would need in order for them to get situated. So say like you have all these people come to you, right? So act yeah. like one of them. And if they were to come to my office, I'll be telling them, okay, well, do you have this? Do you have, I'll do what I would do with them. Okay. So maybe that would awesome. Here's the perfect scenario, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I am casino and um I'm trying to get my music heard. Like um I heard that you are somebody that could help me in the industry. So uh can you tell me exactly how can you help me? Like what do I need to do? So are you a producer that makes beats or are are you a songwriter? What exactly you just I'm a get rapper. Music? I'm a rapper. I mean, you know, I, I I I write, I go to the studio sometimes. I don't, you know, I'm I'm looking for somebody that can help me possibly you know just get on get a deal somewhere so how can you help me so the tracks that you currently have right now are they purchased from another producer are you working with the producer right now yes uh my beats i got a homeboy that made beats you know so uh they all original beats i just recorded over his beats okay so do you own those beats yes you own them so do you have paperwork on that uh no we don't have paperwork it's just okay. my homeboy. Okay, so are, do you know what the PROs are? Like the BMI and ASCAP is? Yes, I'm with BMI. Okay, and you're with them as a writer or, or, or just a writer or a publisher too? Uh, just a writer. Okay, you need to be registered as a publisher too. How do I register as a publisher? Um, go back to the PRO that you register with. Is it ASCAP you said? Um, BMI. BMI. Okay, so go back to BMI and register as a publisher. And um, I think it's a hundred. It's a hundred dollars. A hundred. Let's see. I wrote down. It's a hundred and fifty, I believe, for to register as a publisher. Okay. It's the writer. Okay. But if you're if an LLC, well, you're not an LLC. You're just starting. So let's just get to let's just get you a publisher. So it's a hundred dollars to register as a publisher, free as a writer. You already done that, which is great. It's already a head start in the game. So now we just gotta get you as a, a publisher, and then we need to get you registered with Mechanical Licensing Collective. Okay. Now, how do I how do I register with Mechanical Licensing Collective? I'll send you the link, but you can look it up as well. Look on Google. It's Mechanical Licensing Collective, and that it's called the MLC, and you can log in and register there. You put all your music that you created there as a publisher. Okay. Okay. So from that point, then I'll, I'll be ready then? Well, after you do the Mechanical Licensing and become a publisher with your PRO, mm -hmm. you have to 
also register with Sound Exchange. Okay, now Sound and tell your producer, Yeah, and, and tell your producer friend, the one that makes your tracks, to uh -huh. do, that, do that as well. So you guys both get paid. Okay, okay. So that's, that's a, wait a minute. So I get paid from Sound Exchange, then I get paid from, you say, as a publisher, then a songwriter. And oh, a performer. Man. And a performer. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So, so when your music's getting heard, this gets you paid as well, right? <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, so now I'm understanding a little bit more of the business. So once I do all that, would that help me um, get inside then? Well, now that you get someone like me that actually knows that you're now going to be making money for your music, that mm -hmm. makes are interested because now we know we could get paid for our services. Now that we know you're set up and we'll be getting paid, now we know money will be coming in for us to get paid. So now we can help push you as well. Because we're all going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. For anybody that was watching, anybody that was, that was listening, that was a simple breakdown on what it takes to structure yourself as a legitimate artist, as business person. Uh, because like she said, from that part, a person can look at your career and see if you're serious and see that you're making money and then see that they can also make money with you, not just off of you. Okay, so now let's let's get into Miss Nicole Key. Now, <laughs> you say you started in this business because your daughter wanted to sing. Now, I know being in this business, it's exhausting at times. So what... What is your will? What do you draw from to keep you encouraged when the times say that you should be discouraged? And there's many. I think that's like twice a month I'm like ready to walk out. Come on, Come on. <laughs> I know. I'm like, forget this is not worth it. I'm not even a, I'm not even a creator. Like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, my daughter left me here. She should have been here. <laughs> she went to film. <laughs> but the, my drive comes from doing what's right okay I, okay knowing the artists i if i hear an artist is not set up right i have to tell you what's going on you have to i have to let you know how much you're leaving on the table come on now and then the same thing when i started working with these legacy artists when i found out that they didn't have their music i'm like no that can't be so like and i, I knew all the stuff i learned from my daughter so i'm like there has to be a way and i of course i went to the basic like has to be like um, malpractice or like um, negligence or but all the statute of limitations were up. So I'm like, right, did they really get their music stolen? It's not right. It's not right. And I'm a Christian woman, so I prayed on it. And he said, well, where do you go for the law? I go, the Bible will. He said, where does this rule go to? Constitution. So I went to the Constitution, copyright. And there was a termination of copyright transfer where I could get the music back for these legacy artists. Okay, now I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go into this a little bit. You mean to tell me that they didn't know that they could reclaim their copyright because it's fashionable in the industry for artists to think that. Well, I signed that over when I was young. I they own that now. So you mean to tell me? So you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that an artist can reclaim the rights to their music? All they got to do is stay alive? Yeah, or well, even their heirs could do it even after they're dead. 
Chinaman, um, Two Life Crew, a member of Two Life Crew, I'm helping his heirs get the, his their, his part back. So yeah, they could get it. Wait a minute. I would love well from Death Row get her heirs get their money for her. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You're going too fast. You asked where my passion comes from. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're going too fast, and you're throwing out names to well. Hold on, let me let me let me let me let me get this back for a minute. China man, legendary artist from the legendary group Two Live Crew. You saying that his kids, now that he's passed on, can claim the rights to his music, even though he died thinking that. There was no way for him to get the rights to his music. Yep, he thought he signed it off. And when I first when I first told Brother Marquise, let's try to get it back, he's like, it's impossible, it's not gonna happen. Every time we try to do something, the label sues us, and it's true. They intimidate them by taking them to court. Like even if they sought, sung their song or used the name, they got sued into submission. Okay, hold on, hold on. We gotta go, we gotta rewind it. See, when you talk to me, my mind get the get the tumbling okay so <clears throat> brother marquise i've seen him on several different interviews from vlad tv mm -hmm. to you you know you name him and mm -hmm. each time i see him my heart hurts for him because i'd be like oh man this brother seems so sincere and all he want is just to be appreciated okay so you mean to tell me that this brother who thought and advocated for some time that it was impossible to get the rights back to his music. You mean to tell me that he is now in the process of claiming his music? Yes, we're gonna get it back. So you made the impossible possible. God made the impossible told. possible, but yes, I'm just the best. <laughs> That's I just what listen. I was leaning to. Come on now, come on now. So now you got the legendary Brother Marquise, Chinaman, and you just spoke upon that you hope and you 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 would like to help the kids of Jewel, legendary Jewel from Death Row, reclaim the rights to her music as well, because she passed thinking that there was no way possible for her to get the recognition that she felt as if she deserved. So you mean well, to tell me. Get, she didn't get properly paid, and nor did she get properly credited. So what I would do is go back to the copyright records and do a supplement uh, registration form, get her credits corrected. So she has, that's her legacy. She needs to be credited correctly. That's just GP, general principle. That's what so she does. What you are saying is that Jewel, God bless the dead, who was instrumental and influential from Ruthless Records all the way over to Death Row, can file separate copyrights to claim ownership of the songs that she is on and then start being compensated for? Oh, yes. It'll be correcting the copyright, the first, it'll be correction, it'll be supplement, it'll be correction of that first original copyright. See, and then I can go to the PROs and get her paid correctly, or her kids paid correctly. Have anybody reached out to you concerning that? Or have you reached out to anyone I, I left comments and I, I'm just because just last week I saw her interviews and it broke my heart. And I was like, oh, I wish I was so a month, like, I wish I was so close. I wish I would have contacted her when she was alive. You oh know? my God. I wish I, hey, I could, 
I wish I'd I'd have known because I'd have been like, yo, here go another one. You know what I mean? Because I I'm so I'm so up to date on Joelle's story and her interviews to the point to where I was so distraught that someone who was intimate with Snoop Dogg and he became the owner wasn't advocating for her to get paid. So I mean, now as we talk about death row, let's go into death row. Yeah. That's another, we can go there. <laughs> yeah, let's peel back that layer for a minute. Okay, Death Row, which is now owned by Snoop Dogg and Hario, right? And he said that he was going to make sure the artists that deserve to get paid, that was on the label, created the content for the label, will get paid. Now, I saw an interview with Danny Boy saying that, Man, Snoop took down all the music and it hurt me tremendously. That was my income. I wish he'd just give me my music if they feel as if it wasn't worth nothing to death row. Now, how can somebody like Danny Boy, because I see and I saw, let the world know, you are also working with Danny Boy. You mean to tell me that he's in the process to do the impossible also? Right, yeah. We're gonna get his generational growth back for his kids. It's his oh. inherent. Oh my goodness. So, uh, along to the negotiation table with um, Dre and Tupac's estate, he's gonna Snoop's gonna have to talk to Danny Boy and other death row artists if they wise up. See, the, <laughs> the person, the people that own death row, did a smart business move and they sold it because they know all these artists can now come take it back. So knowing that they could get it taken from them, they're like, well, let's do a hot sell and sell it to someone and Snoop bought it. So they came up because they're going to lose it regardless. So he bought and, somebody else's problem is what you're saying. So now he's going to have to negotiate with all these other artists. If he wants to keep it, now the artists have leverage and come to him. Oh, you want my music? Well, now you got to pay me for it. Okay. So now he has to okay. Okay, <laughs> okay, because I tell you, when you talk to me, my wheels get to turning. So you mean to tell me that it, it it was a strategy, but then again, it wasn't a strategy. It was a necessity to pull the music down and sort out the business with those who owned the music that he had up and was going to eventually start profiting from if they didn't correct the wrongs that was done back in the day. Well, he owned the catalog that he purchased. He owned the masters too, but he doesn't own the publishing to it. Break that down. Yeah, so he doesn't own the publishing to it. And a lot of the publishing right now, it's either going to E1 or Big uh, Big Shook's publishing. Big Shook or Big Simon Says publishing. What about that that too? But um, yeah, so actually he's co-owners with the catalog as far as he has masters, but he does it on the publishing. So what he's doing with Daz right now is helping him get his paperwork together. But, but to me, it's a red flag. No label should be touching your publishing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Since it's Snoop, no one's saying anything. Since it's Snoop, nobody is saying anything. Like, if it was like a Sony, it was like, Sony, why are you touching his publishing? You don't own that. You own the master. Get out of his publishing. Hmm. Like, you own the back house. Get out of the front house. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. See, now you're going, now, you, now you're touching on topics that is rarely discussed. Now, 
Um, let's unpack that a little bit more. Big Simon says publishing. Uh, I seen an interview where Reggie Wright says that he owns um, the other Simon Says Publishing. So you got Big Shoe, then you got Simon Says Publishing, mm -hmm. and then um, whatever else is thrown up in there. My question for you is this. If the artist signed work for hire, pretty much saying that this is yours. Once I record this, you give me this amount of money because I heard rumors and I heard how Suge was just paying people, you know what I mean? You know, just giving them weekly allowances, monthly stipends and things of that nature. Was that possibly... And people think, yeah. and people think because he did that, he did him a favor. Yeah, he did good by them, right by him. But they, be, they should be getting that now and their kids should be getting it now. It shouldn't just end. It's 70 years of copyright on it should last for 70 years not just for that five-year time that he gave it to them it should have been continuously so what you're telling me is that at the end of the day it's a lot of people that will get paid from this transition if they handle business correctly right handle business exactly but like they say ignorance is nine-tenths of the law what you don't know i'm not obligated to tell you so well, even if they tell, even if they tell, like I have to a lot of artists and they still don't do it, or they're lagging. It's like what like, I don't understand. Either they think it's impossible, or they think they can't afford it because uh, the record labels bet on that. Like you can't afford to get an attorney. You don't have no money. So and a lot of attorneys either don't know this copyright termination clause, and they don't care to learn it because people can't pay them to learn it. So artists are pretty much screwed. So that's where I came in. Well, I did everything up front. That was the segue. That was the segue to, you know, uh, Miss Nicole Key. Okay, so you being the music maverick, my, 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 my thing is this. Those that don't know, those that don't know and don't want to learn, it's imperative that they seek out someone like you, right? Yes, but there's not a lot of us. Right. Now, less is many because in this industry, by it not being a lot of you, hey, that mm -hmm. means that ching, 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 <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So, um, I, I got another question I want to ask you. With these catalogs being bought out from different hedge fund companies, is that a plus for the music industry or is that a negative when you think about the legacy and the generational wealth that you it know depends, uh, depends on who buys it maverick um he's he's a song he owns on song song um hypnosis song mm -hmm. he's this is in the songwriter he was a manager like myself so we know the passion that a songwriter has and those are their babies so we treat them as such like i to me these are babies i'm gonna go get your baby back Okay, okay, now, 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 say that name again with hypnosis. It's Maverick, I can't say his last name that well. It's very, it's a, um, said, uh, The reason why I wanted you to repeat the guy, uh, Maverick's name was because I, we speak about him often here on the B-side because he has been very uh, active when it comes to acquiring catalogs of our legacy artists. So you mean to tell me that he is as passionate 
as they are when it comes to the creation, right? Which, yeah, which he's is, advocate. He's an advocate. He's like he's me times ten. Like when I started getting in this industry, I wanted to find someone that thought like my process and who I could you know follow his trail. Like trailblazer, he could be my trailblazer, and I've been following his league, and I'm right behind him. So we're like in tune about what we need to do for these songwriters. Now this guy has been. I'm talking about dolphin out millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. When it comes to acquiring catalogs, I've seen it in the hundreds of millions. So, yeah, okay, so my question, my question to you. How can an artist get to the, how can an independent artist actually get to the point of being sought after by a label? Like, what is their leverage today in this new music industry but what would be the reasoning to want to be shot up by a label what could the label do for them that they can't do for themselves like okay. can they not so can they not afford production are they already making their own music like what are they what do they need from the label that they need to be sought like why give up their give up their music for them to earn profit what's the need for it okay see I'm glad you said that because I tell people all the time in order for a, a, a independent artist to truly thrive in this new music industry, it has to be a paradigm shift in the thinking because most people believe that I need this record deal. I got to get this record deal. Not understanding the power that they possess when it comes to social media and and just the difference of the old industry to the new industry back in the days the old industry was i gotta get me a bunch of cds and i gotta fill up my gas tank and i gotta go and sell it here sell it there sell it right it was a lot of leg work work to this industry too there's leg work to this industry too like i just had a new uh, upcoming duo hip-hop duo never Mm -hmm. heard of no of them they put out an album of seven songs within four months i had over 200 thousand streams they were already making profit and it was just with a 49 dollar a month uh, promotional company i was working with marketing and they were making money streaming and in the publishing just from four months it can't be done a lot of artists now they just drop music and they're not even making money for two three years reason being is because they go and just produce music on spotify and they go on pandora and they go on apple but that's like putting your music in Walmart, Target, and um, Costco, right? Well, each each platform has to have a campaign. What are you doing? And these people on these platforms giving you marketing tools. Just use them. And if you use the marketing tools, they'll help put you in the algorithm and help you make streams. But if you're not even doing the basics, like claiming your Spotify profile as an artist, then they're thinking you're not taking this seriously. So why would they even help put your music in front of other people? So if you don't utilize the tools, they're not going to help you. You know, that is that is very that is very uh, straightforward and um, straight up and down like six o'clock. I try to tell (laughs) most artists that, hey, listen, if you come to me, I'm pretty much going to, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat it because I know how it is to walk into this industry with Google eyes thinking that something is going to happen overnight. Now, um, for those that don't get a, don't have a clear understanding of it, 
please say once again the DNA, the marriage of a song. Like, give that to them once again. The person who writes the lyrics, the words to a song, and the person that makes the instrumental, the track of the song, is the DNA. It's called the musical composition of that song. It's the blood of that song. And then the master, which is to make the sound recording, the beautiful, how it looks, sounds perfect. You go and the engineer does all this stuff too to make it to be radio play. That is the sound recording. So the DNA of that song is in that master recording. And everyone that contributes to that, being the performing artist, being the producer, being the songwriter, they all get paid. Now, if you're that one person like R. Kelly is, you're going to get paid. Now, speaking of kids. I'm going to go off the track here. Reason being why I feel R. Kelly is being railroaded. Because his 35-year mark is coming up. But if he's trying to be distracted, trying to save his life, how is he going to meet the deadline to get all his music back and take the millions back from all these labels or the people that own it right now? That is very, that is very, uh, oh, my God. That's very intriguing for the fact of, you're right. And then I look at the numbers. 30 years, then he coming up on his 35-year mark of being able to file for ownership of his music. You're right. If he's distracted with trying to fight for his freedom, there's no way in heaven that he would be concerned with trying to get the rights back to his music. Because first exactly. and foremost, him being a creator, he can create new music. But the ownership of his old catalog is what's more lucrative to those that own it right now. So, hey, fight for your freedom and we'll keep your money. Well, the thing is, too, is when people think about reclaiming their music, they're thinking just a master. There's a publishing. So you reclaim the publishing, which is the DNA. You're taking back the DNA and you're taking back the baby. Now, in order to get your music back to termination clause, it says that you have to, um, can't be a work for hire. And you couldn't, like say someone has an LLC and then they sign over their rights away under their LLC. They just became the work to hire of their own company. And it eliminates them. So people always say, get an LLC and, and hide your assets there. No, because if you sign over your assets under your LLC, you lose them forever. Mm. So you want to be, if you're going to do a transfer of ownership of your music, of your any intellectual property, it should be under your birth name, not a company. Mm. If you do it under, you're giving it away forever. You'll never get it back because mm. it's a work for hire and you're considered your own employee. Therefore, it's not yours. You and I, we got to talk more on that because... I need a clear-cut understanding of that whole um, statement you just made. All right. Um, if people want to get in contact with you and want to work with you, how can they reach out to you? I have um, I have Instagram, and then I have uh, my email, which is um, Key Music K E Y M U S. Is it M? No, M U Z I C. Thirty-three. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> so okay. key key music and then 33 key music 33 that's how you get in contact with miss nicole gmail key. yeah at gmail you can at get gmail. make sure you put at gmail um, or you can go to my instagram which is nicole key n-e-c-o-l-e-k-e-y 33 at instagram 
Uh, also, I want to um, I want to ask you this last question. If somebody came to you today with a strong social media presence, with uh, pretty much everything together, it just they need their screws tightened. And what I mean by screws tightened to the point to where they just need somebody to navigate those waters. Would you be willing to work with that person? For your for you, because you know, I'll give away two consultations and I'll help an artist get themselves set up to make money and on I'll give them a blueprint. They tell me their dreams, I'll make a blueprint for them. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, that's hear like that? a five hundred dollar uh, fee that's charged. But I'll do yeah, that. I hear that specifically, strictly for the B side, Miss Nicole Key. I'll get two of them on. Two artists pretty much get their shit together. Okay, so, and as y'all hear, she normally charged $500 for this. So that's the $1,000 that she is pretty much giving away to our audience members on the B side. Now, I'm going to select, so y'all got to come at me correct. Make sure y'all come at me correct. <laughs> yes, please do come at him correct. <laughs> so we're going to get y'all situated. So all you got to do is just, you know, make yourself seen. Uh, Miss Nicole Key, I don't want to hold you up too much longer because I know you are a very important person. Um, so before we get up out of here, is there anything else you want to say to our looking and listening audience? Stay true to who you are as your brand. I mean, we talked about this about branding and whatnot. Your character is more important than your reputation and the trend. So if you want longevity in this industry, stay true to who you are. Be authentic and be honest, because any other, you're not going to make it. It's you're just going to be a, a fly by night. So keep, keep strong and resilient, consistent, and just keep true to who you are. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Miss Nicole Key, listen, you can't be a stranger. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, I don't come back. I got music placement to talk about. I did the HBO hype, and I, I just got a, a, a situation where. Someone called me to do music placement for them. You know who Paul Stewart is? He's Paul the one Stewart. that found more. Yeah, he's the one that discovered Warren G, put him on Poetic Justice, yes. worked with John Singleton. Well, I was like his right hand man. And actually, we also own a publishing company together. But um, I worked on the hype with him for HBO Max production. Yes. So there's a lot I need to tell people about that whole placement thing, too, because people think. That's another thing. Oh, I want it to be placed. Well, there, there's more to it. <laughs> okay, so how about... You, know, you guys got to learn about. So how about we do this then? We'll do... Um, not next week, week after next. Is that cool with you? Week after That's next, cool. we do the return of Miss Nicole Key? Yeah, and I would love to do like a um, a live with your, with your audience. So I could, we could get questions and we could shoot them back. Just pick my brain for an episode for you. Because of who you are, I want to do it for you. Take my brain. Come on now, listen. You're gonna spoil me now. You're gonna have us spoiled over here on the B side. So look, okay. In two weeks, we're gonna have the return of Miss Nicole Key, and then uh, we're, we're just gonna build. Y'all see, get 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 comfortable. Get comfortable because you, you got to do it. I'm making myself at home because you know. All right, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it straight from her, straight from the horse's mouth. She's comfortable. This is now her new home. So Miss Nicole Key is right here with me, live on the B side. Stay tuned, y'all. Watch what we're about to do. So, uh, 
Miss Nicole Key, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking this time to come and kick it with me on the B side. But uh, okay. stay tuned. I will be send me some more pictures so I can uh, go ahead and get this new <laughs> flyer made up because part two is right. We're gonna have fun. Absolutely. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I'm gonna what I want to do too. I want to send you some spit sheets so your audience could have that, so they could just have it to go when they get into that studio. They could have that DNA birth certificate laid out already. Come that's on. just out of love. Come on, man. We finna, we finna get shit popping around here. Watch. Look, Bro, man. Y'all finna eat. You see this plate she just brought to the table? Come on, man. You gotta have something, man, in order for anybody wanting to rock with you, man. So thank you, Miss Nicole Key, for just being, thank you. you know, uh, being a good person. You know what I mean? Like when I reached out to you, you could have been an a-hole, you know what I mean? And just said, hey, man, I don't need, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it's just a beautiful mm -hmm. thing to be able to meet people in this industry that reciprocates the energy that you put out. So I just want to say thank you're you. You're a blessing as well. You're a blessing thank as well. You. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, you're a good man. That's an so, honor. I'm honored. Hey, hey, you got me blushing over here now. I'm dog. It's hard <laughs> to make me blush now. Shit. So look, check it. We're going to do this again in two weeks. So, Miss Nicole Key, once again, let them know if they want to work with you, how they can get in contact with you. But y'all already know, got to go through me. Nah, I'm bullshit. But let them know how they can get in contact with you. <laughs> um, you can email me at keymusic, K-E-Y-M-U-Z-I-C-33 at Gmail. Or get a hold of me on my Instagram at NicoleKey33, N-E-C-O-L-E-K-E-Y-33. Dope, dope, dope. Good people, good spirit, good energy, great interview. So I look forward to uh, doing this again, part two, with Miss Nicole Key. And y'all stay tuned, man. It get greater later. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Deuces. Hey, man, y'all make sure y'all... Man, look, just, just just keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open, man. And watch how this thing transform right before your eyes, man. Y'all see what it is, man. Coming directly from Los Angeles, man. Los Angeles, California. Yeah, man. The B-side is worldwide, man. Statewide, citywide. You name it. We bring it. You feel me? So tell a friend to tell a friend to check their ass in. Every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. This is what we do. This is how we do. I am your man, Casino Roulette. C-A dollar sign I-N-O-R-O-U-L-E-T-T-E. Follow me on the world biggest platform over on TikTok. Follow me right here on Meta. Follow me over on Instagram. Follow me on YouTube. Those are the four platforms that I'm really joking on. So make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. If you ain't following me, do so. Because if you're not, you're slipping like a bad transmission. We'll be back next Tuesday. Hey, man, y'all already know Tuesday is my B-Day. So, hey, we're going to have the Taco Tuesday, but we damn sure going to be rocking with the Lion King. You dig? So y'all stay tuned, man. Y'all know the motto. I holla. Smaller like a peephole, bitch, try me, get choked like we smoke. I'm shitting on bitch.